position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Yeah, old daddy is fixing to start one more trip around the sun. Everybody hoping this ride round be a little more giddy. Okay. Yep, all over town, champagne cultures are popping. Over in the wall, all the big shots is dancing to the streams of Guy Lombardo. Down in Times Square, the little folks is watching and waiting for that big ball to drop. They're all trying to catch hold of one moment of time to be able to say, right now, this is it. I got it. Goes by then it'll be passed. But they all happy. Everybody having a good time. Well, almost everybody. There's a few lost souls floating around out there. Now, if y'all ain't from the city, we got something here called a rat race. Got a way of chewing folks up so that they don't want no celebrating. Don't want no cheering up. Don't care nothing about no New Year's. Out of hope, out of rope, out of time. What are you waiting for, Christmas? Hello, friends and neighbors. Uh, this is our 2015 Top 10 Best Linux Games um, award show. But we're going to run that show, which you'll be hearing later on in this episode... Um, kind of as B-roll, because the day after I re- carefully recorded um, the show that you, you know, our our awards presentation or whatever, um, a lot of shit changed in terms of what's going on on Steam and the Steam store. Um, for instance, they started the winter sale. So... This little addendum, this little bumper that you're hearing right now, I guess, is being recorded on Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Day, uh, Friday, 25th of December, 2015. Um, And uh, I think this is episode 61 of the Best Linux Games podcast. Um, 
to double the confusion and ridiculousness of what's actually going on at this moment, forgetting the fact that in spite of my best efforts to schedule and avoid having to fucking record a podcast on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve for that matter, um, we're doing that. Forgetting that fact, which is just hilarious, best laid plans of mice and men, um, the actual titles that I really want to talk about um, are all on, uh, you know, store.steampower.com or whatever, or, you know, just clicking on store in your Steam client. And right, right now, as of 2.14 p.m., uh, 14.09 Pacific Coast time, um, the Steam servers are, like, the actual store servers are woefully fucked. They are completely down. So I can't even see, like, a list of titles. But, so... What's important for you to know is that the Steam Winter Sale is now ongoing. I think I can't actually fact check any of this stuff. Um, I'm just going off of drunken memory um, from the last, you know, three or four days of just complete and total balls out madness, holiday fucking insanity for me. Um, so I think it goes. It's ongoing now through uh, January fourth, um, and I can't really talk about some of the. Uh, Titles that I, I'm I'm not as gung ho about uh, because I can't remember what the fuck they were, but I can tell you that that I this is a lot of work to add this little bumper to this show before we get to our you know the the stuff I pre recorded. It's a lot of work to add this, but I have to because the day after I recorded our you know our top ten games of 2015. Literally, if not the single number one game that I had, you know, deepest and most secretly and darkestly wished, not darkestly, but like I really, really wanted um, to see come to Linux, but never thought ever would, if not the single number one title uh, to fill that position, then easily in my top three games um, for that shortlist, the day after I recorded this. So that I wouldn't have to be here on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. That game not only came to Linux. Um, it is a fantastic port of it. It also supports the um, the uh, I don't know if it's a sequel so much or a DLC, um, but that is also supported. And beyond that, forgetting the fact that I really love this game, I mean, really loved this game, um, before I started this podcast, I go, I, th- me and this game and I go back to Xbox 360, um, and I never beat the game, because actually, uh, I, I bought the Xbox One, and for a year, they didn't port the game to the Xbox One, and so I, I didn't have my Xbox 360 and my Xbox One connected at the same time, and so I just gave up on ever being able to beat this game after I logged easily 200 hours in it. Um, but beyond all of that, this single game is probably the best and most rock-solid port of any game from a console, from a next-generation console um, to Linux that I have seen so far so oh and on top of all of that you can get both this game which if you just buy the game it comes with literally 20 free included dlcs and expansion packs to the original game already straight out of the box um but not only that the the base game is on insane Steam sale, as is the actual, like, slash sequel slash DLC for it, both of which are $4.99. Okay, so what game I hear you cry is worth, you know, all of this extra work, especially on a Christmas fucking day out here in Las Vegas? I will tell you, it is Saints Row 4. And Saints Row 4 got out of hell. Saints Row 4 
out of just all the games that I've played, probably in the last, I can't remember when Saints Row 4 actually came out, but I want to say is maybe four years ago, maybe three years ago. Um, one of, out of all the games that I played, you know, from around that period, including like a year before its release, Saints Row 4 absolutely sticks out in my mind as being one of my favorite games that I've played in the last, you know, I don't know, seven years. Um, not just for its personality, not just for its style, not just for its fucking hilarious, hilarious wit, not just for, like, the overall fucking, um, obvious attempt, uh, by the developers to actually make the perfect fucking game, like, you know, all the sharp edges are fucking rounded, all the corners filed down, um, more time and attention basically paid to uh, interstitial moments of um, of uh, game design that, um, you know, like, there's a real shooter sequence, for instance, about, I don't know, maybe a seventh of the way through the game um, that, you know, and by the way, I haven't been in the game, but I have logged hundreds of hours in it on the Xbox 360. Um, that real shooter sequence, they probably spent maybe eight months designing that rail shooter sequence, which lasts about, I guess, eh, maybe three minutes, and the play elements, and uh, models, and geometry, um, and environments, and uh, um, vehicles, and uh, everything from that sequence are not reused anywhere else in the game later on, that I know of, and they'll spend eight months, I'm positive it had to be at least eight months, for them to get that to fucking work. That's how much fucking, um, it's, it's, I can't remember, I, like, not even, uh, Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor comes anywhere near as close to, for me, as a game critic, and as a lifelong serious game critic, and not just a game critic, but also as someone who evaluates, and, uh, you know, through my books and stuff, and etc., um, who evaluates, has evaluated, and has spent, you know, the majority of my adult life considering the both semiotic and just overall cultural implications um, of the impact of the medium of the video game on our society, culture, and technology. And from someone coming from that perspective, I it's very difficult for me to describe um, what a joy it is to play a game like Saints Row 4 where it's literally almost um, an impossible dream attempt to conquer all the limitations of the medium and not just to conquer you know limitations of the medium but to really bend the medium to achieving something not just awesome but absolutely perfect and artistically um, sound Um, and by artistically sound I don't just mean like from a visual perspective I mean from like okay so the medium of the video game Ever since I wrote Blue Wizards About to Die, which is like, fuck, that goes back to, you know, over 10 years ago. And I'd spent, you know, half of my lifetime before that, you know, playing these games and considering th- this position. But I think that uh, the medium of the video game has never, ever, ever been completely utilized um, to its full potential. And this is a generational thing. Um, every generation... We're always falling short, generally because, uh, you know, prior to um, these last 10 prosaic years, the technology um, and manpower and uh, difficulty actually to code and design, produce, package, um, distribute, and promote a game, the, the the kind of capital necessary to release a top tier title like that. Um, basically demanded at some point along the creative pipeline from, you know, the, the, the very inception of, of the idea for the project all the way through the storyboarding, all the way through the hiring and assembling of the teams, the program development, management, um, marketing, um, 
the integration uh, between you know story storyboards, character design, voice acting, plot lines, um, and the actual fucking gameplay itself, all the way down that pipeline. Corners just it's it's the way it has to, it's the way it used to have to be. Corners get cut. And, uh, you know, just ask uh, Murnau, you know, the guy who did uh, fucking Nosferatu, um, famously, go see Shadow the Vampire if you want to learn a lot more about Murnau. But just ask Murnau, you know, who had this brilliant vision for what um, the medium of the motion picture could be used for in his lifetime. We are in in Shadow the Vampire. There's a great uh, line. That that his that, that the character of Murnau uh, says as he's talking about how um, because back then this is the birth of the technology of the motion picture really I mean it's not quite the Great Train Robbery era but it's not that far removed from it. it's like you know maybe five eight years after the first motion motion picture has ever been made and so in in the movie Shadow of the Vampire Murnau is talking about the medium to his cast and crew about this new project that he's taking them on, which is called Nosferatu, which, you know, of course, ultimately becomes one of the the greatest films of all time. Um, and, And if not greatest, then one of the most important. And he says, We are scientists engaged in the creation of living memory. Only our dreams, our images, will not fade. They will not be diminished by time. They will grow stronger. Their shadows, their light, their darkness will, you know, play across the canvas of our audience's minds as if to, you know, blah, and are, and they're going to be better than living memories. And he's talking about, you know, conquering from a, from a, from a, uh, technolo- technologist standpoint, the actual, um, you know, cause they're discovering what they can do with both like from a technological and from a scientific, literally from a scientific standpoint, what they could do with film and, you know, how to make a movie. No one had really made a movie yet. And that's kind of where video games have been for a a long time. Um, Only the amount of money required to make video games traditionally has been so prohibitive as to basically force, um, in one way or another, um, someone to ultimately pull the plug and say, you know what, man, you got to fucking publish this. Um, you know, we got a street date. You got to fucking hit that street date. We got, you know, promo and everything we've been organizing around this fucking street date for three years now, you know. Um, and so, you know, whatever you got, it's got to ship. And that's the old model before. That's one of the other exciting things about Seaman. I know I'm ranting. I'm going on too long because this episode was exactly 30 minutes long prior to this. But I, I, I have to say that the... I can't remember a game that was a major that was produced by a major studio that saw major release on a next gen console that was so obviously um, crafted in every single aspect of it by people who whose own aesthetic concept of what they could accomplish with the medium of the video game was as ambitious and hopeful and, I mean, right there, man, because this is a hard thing to do. This is a hard thing to want. It's also a hard standard to hold any any developer, um, both collectively or on an individual basis, even on a philosophical basis, it's difficult to hold someone to this standard, and especially from a critical standpoint, it's com- almost completely unfair, but that is my job as a critic. Um, because, you know, I have to hold you to the impossible dream standard of making the greatest video, not, maybe not the greatest video game ever made, but for my money, the first video game that takes advantage of all... You, okay, so here's the thing about why would you make a video game instead of making a movie or writing a book or whatever. Well, whatever medium you wish to work in, artistically, um, you have to... You have to have picked that medium from the outset 
because it's only in that medium that you know what you're attempting to create will um, you'll be able to exploit the unique aspects of the medium itself to help you know make the thing that you want to help make the work of art that you want to help make you know what I'm saying so like you know in a in a in a novel um, the the assets to the medium itself like you know, the printed word, narrative, structure, etc. The assets are that, you know, you can, there's no, you, you have infinite time, you have infinite budget, and you can have basically ultimate omniscience and flash between, you know, the interior monologues of different characters. Um, you can go from the past to the future to the present. You can shift, you know, narrative points of, uh, points of, um, you know, blah, at will, etc., etc. Um, I'm just, I'm just, and those are just like you know the you those are just some of the unique characteristics that um, authors are able to draw on, and that's why you know they they write novels because and they write novels as novels because in comparison to like a different medium, like let's say the motion picture. Um, you know, novelists are not screenwriters. Novelists don't generally know how to fucking move a camera or how to even fucking write a script. They're novelists. It's totally different mediums. So, what I'm trying to say here is, um, for all of my life, and it's been a generational thing, every generation of games, and I've been there basically since the beginning, um, has fallen short of producing a title that I felt exploited what was then co- the common, um, uh, what do you call it? The, um, the common, uh, best practices and, uh, you know, known methods, me, uh, um, known methods and, um, technology, techno- technology stack of the day, including the programming languages and, uh, the general and what was available to the general consumer in terms of the market, which also, you know, in an inverse way determines absolutely what you're going to make, which is why, like, you know, we would never have a game like Major Havoc. Major Havoc is probably one of the few games that I've ever played, um, that re- really, really, really attempted to use and exploit every available aspect of the medium of which was then the brand new medium of the video game to create something that was not just unique because I mean uniqueness is is pointless if it sucks um, not just something unique but something that was a work of art that really is truly special and you know blah 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 um, and I say that without um, you know blah Fallout 2 is another game like that. In my adult adult life, you know, I'm I'll tell you I'm a thousand years old. I'm 35. In my adult adult life, meaning like over the last 12 years where I've seen the um technology necessary um to create awesome incredible cutting edge you know, modern looking for that generation video games where I've seen that technology stack and the degree of difficulty to master and understand how to assemble, organize, and work within that stack. Over the last 12 years, we've seen it completely collapse. It's, It's no longer something that absolutely requires, you know, 500 people, uh, you know, three years to, to work on in, in a bunch of obscure, um, proprietary locked down, um, you know, either languages, structures, frameworks, um, platforms, etc. It's as we've iterated over and over the way that we can design and create, um, the, the, the dreams and stories and, uh, powerful, powerful, um, experiences which is a, a, a main premise in my book, Blue Wizard is About to Die, that video games impart experiences. It's an experiential art form, unlike anything else that humanity's ever created. And it's also probably, the, for my money, the only original, out of almost whole cloth, art form that humanity has ever, that humanity has produced since we invented the idea of uh, narrative communication, you know, cave paint telling stories, the whole idea of like oral tradition, even. So it's like 
it's like you know you have like the Neolithic age and then you know you have the modern world in which we invent the video game which because um, the only other major the only other two major cultural touchstones that you have between those two points throughout all of it, human history basically you have um, invention of the opera during the renaissance which combined realistically oh yeah you have one, one more touchstone before that the only other fucking unique thing that humanity has created and this goes back as far you know in terms of human experience as the whole idea of of of, um, of of creating narratives either through oral tradition and then via cave painting and then you know blah you have narrative and then you have basically rhythm you know you have music you have some sort of um, those are the only two art forms that out of whole cloth that man has ever I don't know discovered or invented um and then you have the medium of the video game. Because the video game is completely unlike opera, which I would say is just the... Com- the opera was the multimedia of its day. Um, and don't get me... I hate opera, but don't get, don't get me wrong. I mean, I have a, I have a huge background in music. Um, so, you know, like I can appreciate opera. Um, both as, like, you know, on, like, an academic... Like I have an academic background in music and uh, a professional background in music as well as a scratch pianist. But um so so when I say that video games are a rare fucking thing, I don't just mean that they're like rare in that um this is like a once every, you know, thirty generations kind of phenomenon. This is like a three times in the lifespan of a species kind of phenomenon. Where a new artist, a completely new artistic medium is created. Um, after Opera of the Renaissance, uh, basically the next, you know, biggest thing is the invention of the motion picture. Um, which is just really another way of, um, it's another container uh, for, you know, basically theatrical experience. Although what you can do with the camera um, has been explored and exploited um, to great effect and I think, you know, expertly um, and that's also been a generational thing, like over the last hundred years, uh, we've gotten better at telling stories with the camera and making the camera, you know, and the the uh, actual audience's point of view into the story um, a better and more tightly integrated and better exploited aspect of the medium of the motion picture. Um, but still, ultimately, when when it comes to cases, Opera of the Renaissance, then you have motion pictures, which is basically the same thing as Opera of the Renaissance. Um, but now we can actually store, you know, the whole thing, and we can go through multiple takes, and we can... There's more artifice added to it. Um, it's definitely a very different medium, but essentially, it dr- draws very heavily on Opera of the Renaissance. Nothing that humanity has ever created has been like the video game. We have never had anything like the video game. I think we're beginning to realize that. It's, one, it's a nice thing. But anyway, uh, so back to Saints Row 4. Um, you can love it. You can hate it. If you hate it, um, I I find it difficult to imagine that anyone with any sort of rational critical perspective. I never played any other Saints any of the other Saints Row games before Saints Row 4 by the way. Saints Row 4 knocked me on my ass from minute 1 and I was really jaded. I had just gotten uh I had just been like only a year out from having had to write a review of a video game every week for like 4 years for a newspaper. Um so I was pretty pretty burnt out. And I wasn't, you know, covering games for anyone or anything. And I got Saints Row 4 because it was the only game that was, like, new that month. Um, and the guy at Best Buy, who I had never met before, but we seemed to, like, kind of have, like, a rapport or whatever. He's like, yeah, you know, this one, I really like it. It's really funny. And it's also really good. I'm like, oh, man. I, I remember playing an early beta of one of the earlier Saints Row games at an e- one of the E3s I had to cover. Um, years before, and I hated that game. 
And so I was like, ah, but fuck it. I just hit for Kino. I had a couple grand on me. So fuck it. I can burn, you know, 60 bucks on a game. That I got it home and I really wanted to just sit down and play a fucking video game, which is something I haven't been able to do now for a number of years. But anyway, popped it in and it blew my fucking mind. It was like, oh, thank God. These guys really get it. Um... And it's a fucking great game, and it's available for Linux. Amongst other titles available in the Steam Winter Sale, I heartily, heartily recommend Saints Row 4. I haven't played the Get Out of Hell um, yet, but I have played quite a bit of Saints Row 4 on my Linux Mint box. It is fabulous. Um, and I've been playing it with the Steam controller. It's awesome. I think I've already logged, like, you know, 15, 16 hours, and it's only been out for, like three days so now that we have a full hour-long podcast i will now turn you over to the moment you've all been waiting for now for quite a while best linux games podcast presents our most hilarious top 10 best games for linux of 2015 including one more game beyond the top 10 which is our best game of the year for linux um, I hope you enjoy this. I so much time and effort went into producing this a- actual, you know, list, and I was so harried um, in terms of actually recording. I mean, we're talking like a lot of time and effort. None of which will be apparent to you because I get confused as to what position we're in on the list. You'll hear all of this shit, um, but the games themselves are presented in the order in which they're supposed to be presented. And uh, hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for. Uh, for a great year, 2015. I can't wait to see what what we're gonna what what's coming for Linux in 2016. All right, here we go. Let the carnage begin. Roll the tape, Ivor. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another special episode. Once again, we are here at the end of a new year. As my rats go chewing away at whatever the fuck it is that they're chewing. Here we are once again at the end of a. Another happy new year. Uh, happy only because we have each other. And for whatever gains or losses we may have suffered, we've had a badass year of Linux games, motherfuckers. So, as we all, I'm so glad to be with all of you as we all gather here around are <laughs> including my rats around our our little stereo speakerphones, our earbuds, and wherever you may be. Um, I am very pleased to bring to you episode number sixty-one of the Best Linux Games podcast. This is our Best of the Year edition for twenty fifteen our second best of the year edition and uh, this has been scientifically produced between myself and crack engineer Ivor Molina who now thankfully due to union uh, negotiations and a uh, a spousal clause slash Restraining order <laughs> has now been restored to the fold. Crack engineer Ivor Molina is here with us, and uh, I'm going to bring you the 10 best games for Linux that I have played this year in reverse order. So let's begin. Let's put our D Bar and J hat company hat on. Oh, and here. Hear the yuletide screams of the children dying. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm. Hear the yuletide cries of the delighted children. Yes. Yes. Soon it will all be over, my friends. Soon it will all be over. Anyway, here we go with our best of the year. Our top 10 games for Linux. And I should say that this year, as it will be for every other, every year hence, 
from this year forward and all years hence because that's not a redundancy um I'm going to list the best games that I played this year that I think came out this year for Linux now not necessarily games that were that saw their you know exclusive release on Linux this year but games that were released for Linux this year and that I also played and that I played the living hell out of um and we're only going to do a top 10 because to do otherwise would just drive me out of my mind it was a 13 page I had 13 pages of selections that was a that was my short list for this uh, episode. So, shall we begin? Yes, let's begin. Mm. Number 10. As the rats just go munching on, I don't know if you can hear them, but they are going ravenous in their little cage over there. Anyway, oh wait, no, that's Ivor. Oh, sorry, Ivor. Oh, Ivor, I love you. Ivor Molina, crack engineer, Ivor Molina. I'm so glad that he could be with us uh, this uh, for, for this, this Christmas Eve episode. Um, number 10 is a racing game. Still in early access, but nonetheless deserving of high, high praise. Uh, we have Distance, D-I-S-T-A-N-C-E, which was one of the first games that I ever found um I guess like right when I started this podcast you know 27 years ago um fabulous fabulous uh racing game still in early access which is the only reason why it's only at number 10 comes complete with a fabulous editor and is one of the most psychotic um, F Zero style rate. I mean, it, it, to even compare it to F Zero is an insult to distance. That's just one of the great things about free and open source software and about having all of these games on Linux. Distance is a game that if you have not played, you need to go buy, even though it is still in early access. Let's have some whiskey for distance. You need to go buy Distance. Um, it is absolutely worth. <laughs> it's come leaps and bounds over the last year and change since I last saw it. So, Distance is our number 10. Number 9 is Axiom Verge. A X I O M V E R G E. Axiom Verge is one of the finest. Metroidvania style and literally that's also an insult to Axiom Verge Axiom Verge is like the ultimate Metroidvania game that's out there Um, it's one of the best side-scrolling platformers that I've played it is a deep 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 hearty robust homage to uh, Super Metroid and uh, points Super NES (laughs) Um, Axiom Verge is our number 9 pick then we have Wasteland 2 Wasteland 2 the game that literally only made us wait uh, you know 20, 20 plus years for it to come out um Wasteland 2 is only at uh, 8 by virtue of the fact that I can't bring myself to beat it if you loved Fallout 2 which by the way I regard as being the finest and greatest game ever made so far that I've played so you know that's a challenge for 2016 um Wasteland 2, fabulous, squad-based, turn-based, uh, tactical role-playing game, um, inventory management, etc. I have some complaints about it, though, also that help it to get listed at number 8. Like, the maps can be sometimes 
so huge and so enormous that it's difficult to remember where the fuck you are or where the fuck you're trying to go. But if you love Fallout 2, then, oh, my brothers and only friends, brothers and sisters, Wasteland 2, fabulous game on Linux. Number seven, a surprise. Uh, we have a surprise for number seven. Number seven is called Sky Rogue. S K Y R O G U E. Sky Rogue is basically Star Fox, but procedurally generated. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but if you know what Star Fox means, we're talking about a cell shaded, not cell shaded, we're talking about a vector, not a vector drawn. Basically talking about a polygonal demi-flight simulator that is procedurally generated, all of the vein of everyone's favorite Super Nintendo uh, game, Star Fox. I mean, I didn't particularly like Star Fox that much. I thought Flippy was a douchebag. I used to love it when he would die. Ribbit, ribbit, die, motherfucker, die. Um, but anyway, Sky Rogue is... <laughs> I mean, a sleeper hit. It's a fabulous game. Uh, You can't ask for more from a procedurally generated anything. Um, It's very easy to pick up, very difficult to master, and the uh, addition of community um, modifications just, oh my goodness. You can play that game for hundreds of hours. Let's see how long I have logged in Skyrim. Should all acquaintance be for 26 hours? 26 hours in Skyrim. So, that's 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Our fifth selection is none other than Cities Skylines. Oh, my brothers and only friends and sisters. Oh, yes. If you loved SimCity, if you're a SimCity type person, Cities Skylines is by far the game that I wish that I had more time to play this year. It is also the most impressive, I mean absolutely the most impressive, um, from just from a visual standpoint, uh, in terms of like, oh, we're going to take something that's old and we're going to revamp it and we're going to bring it into the new and we're going to put it on Linux. Cities Skylines is the ultimate city management Um not just city management it's I don't want to I don't want to diminish it by saying cartoon city management because it gets it gets so complicated and so in-depth but it's also very easy to pick up and then as soon as it's very much like crack cocaine sing it Ivor Ivor is holding the thumbs up sign saying it's Ivor, our friend Ivor Molina, who was once addicted to crack cocaine and who I have pimped out on the streets for multiple years. Yes, I know, Ivor, we weren't planning on going into this, but I know, I know you have no shame. I have no shame in in admitting it either. Yes, I put Ivor, I turned Ivor out, (laughs) put him to work on the streets, just like crack cocaine, as Ivor, Ivor Molina will tell you. You know, that first sweet taste, and then the next thing you know, your whole life is sucked away, and it's ten years later, and, you know, you're like Action Johnny, sitting there with the monkey's paw, and you're all out of wishes. That is kind of what City Skylines is like, but without all of the drug abuse. Although I did accidentally burn down my city this morning, which was pretty awesome. Um, just from a visual perspective, it was incredible to behold. So City Skylines, for those of you who are into city management and, uh, (laughs) yes, yes, it is Christmas. Yes. So we're going to skip our next game in the list because I forgot that that we do have to crown a number one game. So that was, okay, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. Our fourth game, fourth best game of the year is, of course, Ark Survival Evolved. Now, Ark 
Survival Evolved, which is like a first-person take on, um, not a first-person take on Minecraft. That would be ridiculous because that's what Minecraft is. Um, and believe me, I know, <laughs> I know a little bit about, I know a little bit about Minecraft, um, having spent three of my years. For three years of my life devoted entirely to Minecraft and running some of, one of the greatest Minecraft servers ever. Ark Survival Evolved takes Minecraft to the dinosaur level. Um, it simplifies Minecraft in some ways. It expands on it in others. It was a sleeper hit. It is one of the most beautiful games that you can run on any system in terms of massive, massively multiplayer games. It is not without its flaws... Um, and granted, I do not play it anymore, but I spent a lot of... Let's find out how much time I spent in Ark Survival Evolved. Ark Survival Evolved. 140 hours. That's this year. So Ark is... Uh, two, four, six. More whiskey. One, two, three, four, five, six... Seven, so Ark is our third best game for Linux this year that we've played. Um, if you haven't played it, then motherfucker, pony up the 20 fucking bucks or 30 bucks or whatever they're... Let's see, how much are they charging for Ark these days? Ark Survival Evolved. Came out June 2nd, 2015. They want $17. Now through January 4th, they want $17.99. That's down 40% from the normal asking price of $29.99. They made a million dollars off of this game as well they should have. And they, oh my goodness. It is, it just keeps getting better and better. So the arc is number three. Number two is Alien Isolation. I know... Man, it was it, it was very difficult, very difficult to come up with this list. But Alien Isolation, go back to our Halloween episode. I haven't loved a first-person shooter on Linux. I mean, it, it, this came out October, whatever, for Linux. I mean, it made its Linux debut. It is one of the best first-person any type of games that I've played since System Shock. It is a fucking phenomenal game. So, Alien Isolation is number two. And number one... By the way, you know, seriously, I've, I've, I've spent enough time ranting about Alien Isolation. Right now, through January 4th, you can get it 75% off, $12.49. Down from $49.99. Go get Alien isolation and play it on your Linux box who would have ever thought Alien Isolation awesome game and our number one game but not the best game of 2015 we'll get to that in a moment our number one game of 2015 is Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor Let's see how much time your old friend Skooky Sprite has spent playing Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor. Came out, uh, according to this, came out September 30th, 2014, but that's not when it was released for Linux. It's hard to track these things, which is why. Mm, okay, right now. Oh, yeah, I only logged 140 hours in Middle Earth. Shadow of Mordor Game of the Year Edition, which by the way right now is 66% off through January 4th down from $49.99 to $16.99 140 hours in a game for me these days is, I mean I have to play, by the way to give you some sense of scope and scale I bought Please allow me to look. I bought well over 200 video games for Steam on Linux this year. 
So to come down, to come come up with a list of ten is very difficult. And for me, just just do the math. Um, two hundred video. Let's say one hundred and fifty games, which is so charitable. A rounding down, one hundred and fifty games. There are fifty two weeks in a year. That is ten. Uh, no, that would be five hundred. <laughs> Wait, hang on. More whiskey. That's it. That's it. More whiskey. That's ten hundred video games a week that I play. All for you. Okay, so maybe maybe we're playing fast and loose with our numbers here. No, uh, 150 games. Okay, so let's see. Uh, 150 games. Um, that's at least 1,000 video games a week that I play. Just just to take a look at. <laughs> In terms of lin- games that are available exclusively for Linux. Um... <laughs> So for me to log 140 games, 140 hours of any, of any individual game is a wow. That means I really liked it, which leads us to our our two my two favorite games. Actually, I've omitted Hard West from this list because Hard West has obviously been one of my favorite games. If you've been listening to this podcast at all hard west you know is like right up hard west would be above mordor but mordor is like my number one game because there's nothing else that like really brings it all home in terms of like oh yeah wow linux holy shit first tier platform i can play mordor on linux um there's nothing else that does it like Mordor. I mean, in terms of general interest, title, etc. Um, but right above Mordor, in terms of my personal favorites, would be Hard West, but Hard West is a fabulous game. And I, XCOM, you know, the XCOM is an older game. XCOM uh, Enemy Unknown or whatever. It's an older game and it makes it very difficult to figure out which version you're buying and if it if the version that you're buying is Linux compatible. So that game got omitted completely even though I've logged I beat that game. I beat both of these games, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mortar. Anyway, and I beat Hard West as well. Hard West fabulous game. My game of the year. The best Linux games podcast game of the year for 2015. It's going to shock you. Is Freedom Planet. F-R-E-E-D-O-M-P-L-A-N-E-T. Which can be had for $10. I've only logged 40 hours on it. I've beaten it several times. It is completely worth the 35% off discount price of $9.74 um, now through January 4th. Freedom Planet is our game of the year. So, honorable mentions, Dying Light, um, which I played this year for the first time, Kings of Kung Fu, um, the first and only um, completely uh engineered from the bottom, tore up from the floor up, uh, side-scrolling, like, fighter that tries to simulate not so much a fighter, but a actual Taisong Hong Kong action cinema experience. That's a great game, and absolutely built from the bottom up. Reassembly, which just missed this list. Broforce. Descent which only missed this list uh, Descent Underground which only missed this list because it's still in early access and it just came out in early access Um, Feist F-E-I-S-T one of I mean I wanted to hate that game fabulous game check it out F-E-I-S-T The Magic Circle Skulls of Shogun Um, The Next Penelope 
Storm United, which I'm telling you next year, once VR really hits for Linux, um, Storm United is going to be awesome. Uh, Pillars of Eternity, Torchlight 2, Apotheon. Um, uh, Yeah, I think I mentioned Dying Light. Dying Light is by far one of the most beautiful games. Oh, and did I mention Broforce? Uh, Did I mention... Oh, yeah, brother. Oh, yeah, brother. But anyway... Freedom Planet is my game of the year for 2015. Many people will disagree with me. And I look forward to hearing their opinions um, in the new year. But till then, my friends, cheers. It's amazing that we have Linux playing video games. I mean, like... It's crazy. Like I, I, during my coverage of the Steam Autumn Sale, why we broke it out into three different episodes or two different episodes? I can't remember. It was such a fucking crazy time. I tried to explain several times to other people. Like I'm like, yeah, well, there are one thousand seven. There are like eight thousand games available for Steam on this Steam Autumn Sale. One thousand seven hundred games are available for Linux. I have to go through all of them to find the best deal. You know what I mean? That is a glorious thing. So once again, let me just recap. We had Distance. Go by Distance. That's a racing game. Unlike any racing game you've ever played. Oh yeah, also, honorable mention, Next Penelope. Um, but anyway, let's, let's, let's stick to the program here. We had Distance, Axiom Verge, Wasteland 2, Reassembly, Sky Rogue, uh, Cities Skylines, Ark Survival Evolved, Alien Isolation, uh, Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor, and uh, I think I just left one out there somewhere, but uh, and our game of the year was Freedom Planet, the best side-scrolling platformer that I may have ever played. All of this you can play on Linux. It's a good year. Can't wait to see you next year. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Um, Tell your friends. um, Alert them of our evil. Uh, Find me on Twitter at VegasWriter. V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. Go to our website, www.bestlinuxgames.com. Find me on Steam. Friend me on Steam. Join our Steam group. Uh, uh, my name is Skooky Sprite. S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. Also known as Seth Fingers Flynn Barkin. And I just want to thank you so much uh, for being with us um, for this awesome year. I mean, I truly believe... I mean, if I, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't believe in Steam having a transformative effect in terms of like the not just a trans I'm doing this for so many reasons I, I you know I've been using Linux for 15 years now I go back I go back to the Mandrake days um and uh when Gabe Newell came out with that speech in 2013 I cried because I couldn't believe it and every day I sit down to do this podcast I still can't believe it and it's pretty awesome you know I mean if you'd ever told me that we would have all of these games you know anyway and so next year we get the VR so cheers thank you so much for listening tell your friends Tell your friends and uh, and yell at me if you, you hate something or if you feel that I miss something or etc. I'm sure I did. Um, but I had to go with my guts. And I spent quite a bit of time. Oh yeah, Ollie Ollie 2, which is a painful game. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year, happy and healthy, and... Uh, 
and many more. <laughs> Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Cheers, kiddos. Get your Linux gaming on, bitches! The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.